What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the show, uh, the podcast, the Whiskey Jedi podcast. Um, I'm Jake Berlin. I am your host. Uh, I am the host, excuse me. Uh, I am also known as the Whiskey Jedi. I'm also known by Qui-Gon Jake. I'm also known by a lot of other names. Uh, but thank you so much for joining me today um, on a very, very fun episode I have planned today. Uh, I'm super excited to kind of dive into uh, what I have planned. Uh, it is just me today. I know I've had guests on in the past past couple episodes, um, but I'm riding solo today. Just going to sit here, hang out for a little bit, talk about some Star Wars, drink some whiskey before I jump on another stream at 6 o'clock. Um, I'm part of a couple of the channels, and one of them is going to be going live at 6. Uh, but I wanted to jump on and talk a little bit about some stories uh, that I would absolutely love to be seen told in future Star Wars. Um, ones that I think would probably thrive in Star Wars personally. Um, you know, there's people running the business who may, who are probably smarter than I am, but uh, I do think that some of these, and I've been told that some of these would probably work out very, very well. Um, and so I will be diving into those. I'm also going to be drinking uh, a whiskey that I've never tried before. Um, and that is Glen Fittich, Glen Fittich, uh, single malt scotch. Uh, it's a 12 year age, and I'll bring up the picture right here. Um, there's the bottle. Uh, it also comes in that nice little canister there. Um, I was given this bottle by my best friend Shaw, uh, during my housewarming party last year. Um, so about, oh, goodness, eight months ago, maybe. I uh, know it's no, no, it's uh, six months ago, six months ago. Um, and I haven't opened it yet. I, I've been saving it. I knew for a fact I was going to use it on this show. I just needed to find the right time to use it. Uh, and uh, yeah, he gifted it to me, and I was very excited to try it. Now I'm trying it. I'm officially trying it. I got the bottle right here. Um, I broke this. I broke the the little seal it has, but I have yet to open it. Um, very cool bottle, I must say. Uh, very unique bottle. But I will say, what I like about whiskey bottles most of the time is that when they keep them clear. Um, because I'm able to see what it looks like. Uh, I can't see what it looks like. And granted, it comes in a canister, and I'll bring that image back up. So uh, we talked about it last episode, actually, when Maxwell was on. Um, if you know, if you if you see a whiskey in a canister, typically it's really good. Uh, that's that's kind of like the rule of thumb. Uh, so it comes in that nice that nice canister it has there, and, and that's in the kitchen. Uh, I didn't bring it in here with me, but. Um, so I'm expecting good things. You know, I haven't had a scotch on the show for a little while. Scotch is typically my go-to. Uh, I drink a lot of bourbon. Uh, bourbon's pretty much the the usual, if you will. But um, scotch is typically my favorite. I only have a couple on the rack. And so I'm excited to add this to the arsenal. I'm hoping that I really, really enjoy it. Um, before we dive into the smell of it, I'm just going to read off the bottle and its homepage to kind of give a little backstory on it if you don't know about it. Uh, and Brandy says it's really good. Um, I trust Brandy. She's a whiskey connoisseur, maybe even more so than I am. Uh, but yes, there, there she's, it's so good. And yes, Gio, I will let you try. I will let you know how it is. I definitely will let you know how it is. Um, so right off the bottle at the top, it says our original 12. Uh, this bright and balanced single malt is matured for 12 years in Oloroso Sherry and bourbon cask before mellowing in oak marrying tons. Um, I don't know what half that means. Uh, words that I've never heard before, but I'm learning. I'm learning. Um, and then from the website, uh, it's a little bit longer, but this is what it says. It's kind of a bio on it. Following, uh, flowing in the Valley of the Deer since 1887, our family's signature expression is the world's most awarded single malt scotch whiskey. Good sign. Uh, 
with unique freshness from the same Highland Spring Water Review since 1887, its distinctive fru fruitiness comes from the high point, high cut point. Excuse me, uh, William Grant always insisted upon. Carefully matured in the finest oak in European oak sherry casts for at least 12 years, it has mellowed in oak, marrying tons to create its sweet and subtle oak flavors. Uh, creamy with a long, smooth, and mellow finish, our 12-year-old is the perfect example of Glenfiddich's unique space-side style and is widely proclaimed the best dram in the valley. Um, there, there's multiple reasons why I'm excited. One, I mentioned I'm a big Scotch guy. Two, uh, this is the, the longest age that I have on my rack. Uh, I have a nine-year. Um, it's a bourbon. It's not a scotch. I have a nine-year bourbon sitting on my rack from, oh, goodness, what is it called? Uh... Ah, Knob Creek, Knob Creek. There we go. Um, I have a nine-year Knob Creek sitting in my rocket. That's the oldest I have, um, and so I'm excited to try this. Uh, let's just go ahead and you know pop pop open the cap, get a couple smells, see what it's all about, and then we'll get into some Star Wars here. I'm expecting very unique things here. I'll, I'll say, ooh yeah, that's ooh. I love Scotch so much, guys. Okay. Uh, for those of you who may, and I, I would love to hear your thoughts, um, whether you're watching live on the playback, probably on the playback, please comment. Does anybody get like an apple smell? And I, you may not have it in front of you, but I kind of have like this apple sensation to it. I don't know. I don't know if I'm hearing that or smelling that right. Just that poor guys. Just so good. Just so good. Yeah, it has an apple smell. I swear I'm smelling apples. I might be wrong. I don't know. Maybe my, my smell buds are off. Um, fabulous color. Fantastic color. Uh, you can see my Beskar cubes. Um, I, I call them Beskar cubes. Thank you, Billy. Uh, beautiful color. I And as I meant, I mean, look at the color on that just from the top. That is so, so beautiful. Um, you can't see it from the bottle, which bothers me. I've always said that it bothers me, but I also understand if they have a good, as good of a reputation as they have, I mean, who cares? Um, like who cares if, if the color is black, green, um, straight white, clear. I mean, it doesn't matter. Uh, if you have the reputation, you live off of it. So, and like I mentioned, it also comes in a nice little folder too. So, uh, yes, brand. Okay. Green apple. Thank you. Um, I couldn't hit the green and maybe it was just the back of my head, but apple is totally just screaming at me. Um, okay. So that, that's as far as smell. That's as far as look kind of uh, introduction. I'm not going to go over how I feel about it. I'm going to sit on it for a little bit because I want to get into some Star Wars stuff. Um, but I am going to take a sip, see how I feel. Maybe you guys got to know by my reaction. We'll see. You'll have to watch live or on video to find that out. Speaking of uh, on video, the show will continue to be available on podcasts. I've been slacking a little bit. Um, because I've been uh, just busy with so much other stuff. A lot of episodes will be uploaded on podcast form this week. If you're more of a podcast person, I'd love you guys to give me a subscribe over there. Follow uh, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, Stitcher, Breaker, all these Apple pod that's going to be available everywhere, guys. Just search Jake Berlin or the Whiskey Jedi or Star Wars podcast. You know, see my big giant uh, face with a green lightsaber and you can subscribe. I'd really appreciate it. Give me a review if you want to give me some thoughts on the show. But for now, let's dive into it, guys. Let's get into some Star Wars. Um, this is a topic I, I'm really excited about. And I did a Star Wars podcast for a long time on my other channel called Apocalypse Movies. We called it the Padawan Podcast. And 
we talked about something similar to this, and I'm going to be talking about exactly what I talked about there today. But before I do that, um, I want to talk about a few things that I'm going to run over very quickly. Uh, so the topic of today is just Star Wars stories that I want to, to be told, that I want to see, uh, that that I want to be told on the small screen, on the big screen. Um, this is all all uh, TV or or film, you know, not comic books, not novels. This is stuff that I want to actually see on through my eyeballs, uh, essentially, is what I'm saying here. Um, you know, some could fit better in a television form, some could fit better in a, in a film form. But uh, I just want to talk about three big things. Um, I, not big, I guess, three three kind of ideas is the best way to put it. So quickly, uh, the first one that I'm not going to dive into today because it's a good topic for later on. Um, someone who may be a little bit more well-versed in it, uh, kind of open up the conversation for, for a full show, um, and it, it's a it's a favorite of mine. Uh, it involves one of my all time favorite characters as well. Someone who was finally canonized. Uh, if that's a word, uh, canonized uh, in the rise rise of Skywalker. It was it was going to happen eventually, but uh, his name was finally mentioned or not mentioned, but essentially just planted in the rise of Skywalker uh, to make him canon. Um, and so in. I would prefer this to be a trilogy epic, um, but I can also see why it would be something else because it's a story that can probably span quite a while. Uh, very similar to like the Skywalker's, not nine movies, but it can probably last a number of movies, number of seasons. It's a very Game of Thrones style story. Um, and that is not just the Knights of the Old Republic, but specifically um, Darth Revan. Uh, Darth Revan is, out of all of Star Wars, not just canon, he's a top five character for me. Might even be top three. Uh, first of all, just look at the dude. The dude looks badass. He looks amazing. Uh, and to top off his look, and I and I know that a lot of you who may not know who he is are like, well, he kind of looks like Kylo Ren, which is fair. They kind of modeled Kylo Ren a little bit after him. His mask is very similar. Um to the point where a lot of us, me included, thought that Kylo might have been a Sith hunter, or excuse me, a Sith relic hunter, um, and that might have actually been Revan's mask when The Force Awakens was coming out. We had theorized and discussed and everything. Luckily, that didn't end up come, becoming true, um, but his mask does bear a lot of resemblance to what Revan um, is in the EU, which is the Expanded Universe slash Legends. Um, but he is a, a central part of what is known as the Knights of the Old Republic. And I'm not going to go too deep into it today, but his story is extremely, extremely important to the overall idea of what Star Wars is. Um, he started as a Jedi, and I'll just kind of break it quickly. Uh, he started out as a Jedi, eventually left the Jedi Order uh, because of disagreements, and he started... Um, for lack of a better term, a Sith Empire. Uh, he essentially started back then what was a, a major shift for the Sith. Um, interesting enough, eventually he turned back, he left the Sith, he turned back to learning the ways of the Jedi, um, training back in that way, and took down the very thing he created. Um, it's extremely interesting, it's extremely important, uh, his story is unlike anything we've ever seen in Star Wars. Um, he's also a very interesting character as far as personality-wise, characteristics, just the kind of person that he is. 
Uh, he's extremely powerful um, to the point where if he was to ever pop up on screen, he might actually be considered at this point one of the the, the most popular and, and powerful character to ever be on screen. Um, and uh, if they were to ever do this, his story could in a way tie to Palpatine's master and down that line, if you will. There's there's heavy connections whenever they do do this story. I'm in the belief that eventually they will. Revan is someone who is just waiting to be touched on. He was supposed to be touched on um, in the Clone Wars, the Mortis arc. There's a deleted scene of Revan during uh, one of Clone Wars' better arc, the Mortis arc, where Anakin actually turns into Vader, then eventually goes back to Anakin, doesn't realize that he turns to Vader. Um, George Lucas's idea was to have two Sith lords, um, legends, gods, if you will, talk to Anakin uh, through the as this or talk to the Sun, I believe. Um, as essentially like his puppeteers, uh, kind of like channeling through the sun. Um, one of them was Darth Bane and the other was Darth Revan. Uh, we saw Bane later on in season six. Uh, Revan was never officially introduced, um, but his character has always been um, extremely important to uh, the Legends universe. Uh, there, Geo, to answer your question, um, there's a lot of books that involve him, uh, past comic books and stuff, but quite honestly, the the best, the single best way to know Revan's story is the Knights of the Old Republic video game by Bioware. Uh, it's been wanted, the fans have been wanting to them to remake this for years. Uh, I, again, I'm in the belief that eventually they will. It's just a matter of time. Uh, but I believe if uh, if you go to YouTube, and actually, um, now that I think about this, Kevin Smets, uh, the legend himself, Kevin Smets, um, look up, look up Darth Revan. I'll I'll find the link. Uh, Kevin Smets actually is doing uh, an entire story of Revan from the Knights of the Republic video game. They're creating his own story and putting it up on YouTube as almost like a movie format. Um, I will find the link. I'll put it in the description for later on use. I'll find it today. And then Gio also send it to you directly, but it is absolutely without a doubt worth the watch. Um, Revan is someone who could be quite honestly, he can be like a saving grace for star Wars. Uh, and that's, that's, that's a weird term because star Wars is in a very good place right now with, uh, with the bad batch coming out. Uh, with Mandalorian kicking butt, all the series they have announced, but I'm talking about more so in the film direction. Uh, I see Revan as a film protagonist, antagonist, uh, a character who can thrive in the film format. And the film format right now is kind of struggling, right? You know, we have movies coming down the line, but the Ryan Johnson trilogy seems to be happening still, but is nowhere in sight. The Game of Thrones creators jumped off the project. We saw the issues of all the movies beforehand. Uh, we know that Taika is doing a movie. We know that Patty Jenkins is doing a movie. But where are the trilogy stories, right? And of course, we always talk about how we want movies to focus on one movie than a trilogy. But the fact of the matter is, if they were ever to do a Revan story, that's a trilogy. That's not a single movie. That's not an anthology movie, if you will. Um, and again, I'm going to keep saying this, but uh, I'm I'm going to do an episode on this. And maybe one day I'll be able to get Kevin Smith on the show and we'll talk about it. I would love to do that. Uh, Cause he is by far the biggest Darth Revan fan that I know. 
Um, and I would love to chit chat and kind of pick his brain about Revan and what it, what the character is and how how he could really impact Star Wars. Um, and so that's something that I would absolutely love to see. Top tier, something that like if I was ever given the choice or if I was given the opportunity to write something, he would uh, he would without a doubt be in the conversation. Without a doubt, be in the conversation of something that Star Wars needs right now. Oh man, can't wait to talk about that. Okay, next up, uh, another quick one, and I'll talk about it after I talk about this next one because we're about 16 minutes, 17 minutes into the show. I gotta make sure I'm out of here by like 5.50, 5.55. But uh, a character that I've been calling for for years. Um, I've been calling for this character for years, and when all those announcements were made a few months ago with Disney uh, about the new Star Wars projects and stuff like that, uh, one had already kind of been previously announced, it was from the creator of the Russian doll um, on Netflix. And I'm totally spacing our name. I apologize. Uh, but she was said to be doing this new series. That was going to be something different. It was rumored to be focusing on a female lead. And the first thing that popped in my head is that she's doing this. She is doing this. I'm losing my mind. I've never been more excited this moment. This is what I want to see in Star Wars. Ultimately, that's not the case. Uh, that's not what's happening. But uh, this, to me, this is something that... Not not just that I want to happen, not just that I see happening eventually, but really needs to happen. This is this is kind of a must for Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, it is a character who is, without a doubt, the best thing to come from the merging of Marvel Comics and Star Wars back in 2012 when Disney bought when they announced all these new runs, when they started telling all these new stories, this character is the single best thing to come out of anything they have done novel-wise or comic book-wise. And I'm speaking none other than Dr. Aphra. Uh, Dr. Aphra is the richest character going on in the written format of Star Wars currently. Uh, this character is brilliant. Um, I have read everything involving her up and down. Um, I've read some things multiple times. Uh, just last year, they um, created her original comic book, the origin of Dr. Afro, if you will, into an audiobook. Um, and so you can actually listen to her story via audiobook. And it's an incredible introduction into the character um, in audiobook form. Uh, it's brilliant. Um, this character, for multiple reasons, is something that Star Wars really, really needs. Now, I, I will say for uh, the biggest reason um, that anybody can give, and the most important reason, is that she is a gay character. Uh, she is a gay character. Uh, it is front and center in this comic book. It is front and center in the audiobook. Um, she's had two runs so far. Uh, she's also dabbled in other, a bunch of other series. Um she in her first run it was clear in a second run it's clear in her other stories it's clear uh it's an extremely important part of the character it's not just something that it's like thrown in there right we kind of see that in, in some characters right it's just kind of like an attribute if you will this this is doc this is like one of the biggest reasons why she is dr Afro, why she is so important why she is so beloved um her relationships are incredible uh and the story can be told on a brilliant level as a TV series, not a movie, uh, this is a this is a prime television series waiting to be made. Um, and it's not just because she's a gay character. It's not. 
She is essentially a Star Wars version of Indiana Jones without morals. Um, she has morals. Uh, she has them, but she lives by her own rules. She's very much in a way out for her own self. Uh, she kind of teeters on like that bounty hunter line where they work for themselves. They'll do jobs for themselves. Uh, no matter if she's working for someone, she always has a backup plan to kind of get herself out of the situation. Um, but she's an archaeologist. She's a, she's a hunter. She's a, you know, she hunts for ancient artifacts in the universe and she gets herself in a sticky situations. Um, you know, when, in one of her runs, she ran into the oldest living, uh, Jedi intelligence in the universe. Um, you know, she, she is an incredible character who has incredible depth and layers to her. Uh, she also runs, uh, with two murder bots, um, BT one and triple zero. Uh, she runs with them. They're essentially the evil murder versions of R2 and C3PO. Uh, it's extremely interesting. Um, they're not always with her. There are moments when they, when they separate, but the characters are written extremely well. You would think to yourself, well, how would that work on screen? Trust me, it would work on screen. The right people behind the character and the story, it would definitely work on screen. Um, but she also has at one point a Wookiee for hire as her right hand uh, Wookiee, if you will. Uh, she runs into characters like Boba Fett and Bosk and, um, and the biggest part of this, uh, she is the single person that I have ever seen have an actual decent relationship with Darth Vader. Uh, she escaped his hand of death, if you will. You know, Vader was on the hunt for her and she made him believe that he needs her. Uh, and they work together at one point, which is mind boggling. Uh, but the character is again. It goes back to that 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 argument of the depth and layers that she has. She can get herself into any situation and get herself out. It's incredible. It is absolutely incredible. Um, and as I mentioned, out of everything that's come out canon wise from novels and uh, comic books, she is my favorite. That includes back in 2015. You know, excuse me. When they did things like Lost Stars and Lords of the Sith, and now they're doing High Republic and all of these things, even man, like, well, Man Lords uh, show, excuse me. Um, but as far as written material, she is my favorite thing to come out. And I have been championing, championing this character for years to come to the screen. And I've been telling everybody that there's one person that needs to play her. Uh, I have this so far, so, so far thought out that I've even brought this up. Um, and over the recent weeks, it might become an issue because she just got signed on and is currently filming another television show. Um, but who knows if that'll actually last. Um, but there is one character who fits the, fits the build perfectly. And Dr. Afra comes from Asian descent, right? She, she's drawn differently at times, but she is an Asian character that that's, that's who she is. Um, and this character, uh, needs I emphasize needs to be played by the one, the only, the Agents of Shield alumni, Chloe Bennett. Chloe Bennett needs to play this character. I cannot tell you enough that Chloe Bennett needs to play play this character. Um, I, I've been saying this for so long. Uh, I've been saying this for so long that someone needs to play this character, and it needs to be Chloe Bennett. Uh, I I think that I mean the the uncanny. Is it, it's just uncanny. It's uncanny. The the matching there is just 
uh, you know, it, it fits perfectly, if you will. And so, um, as I mentioned, Chloe Bennett signed on to play a Powerpuff Girl for the CW, a live-action version of that show. Um, she's playing Blossom in that show, so who knows if that comes into play. Um, I don't know if if she signed on for multiple seasons. I don't know if the show will be, you know, greenlit for a third season or a, or second season, excuse me. I don't even know if it'll last one season. But there is no way that I could see this show being made without her. Also, she has a great relationship with Disney um, because she was on Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for seven seasons, I want to say. Was it six seasons? Seven, seven seasons, I think. Um, and she played the best character on the show, um, Daisy Johnson, Quake, who could possibly come back in the MCU at some point, um, who I would love to see, obviously. Uh, but the ki- it's just perfect. It's really, really just perfect, in my opinion. I would love to see it happen. I don't know if it'll happen, but again, if Lucasfilm came to me and said, hey, what's the one thing you want made? This is the one thing I would want made. Honestly, this is the one thing I would want made. I want a Dr. Aphra series more than anything in Star Wars right now. And that is even saying it more so than what I'm about to pitch you guys. Uh, I'm about to pitch a television show, and I want Dr. Aphra more because it's different. It's different than anything we've ever seen before in, in footage on screen. It, it just needs to happen. It just needs to happen. Um, all right. Let's go in and, and move forward here to, to Glenn Fittich, uh, if you will. Such an interesting name. Um, such an interesting name, Glenn Fittich. Uh, you know, it's a hard hard thing to say, but, you know, it works out. Uh, so, yes, uh, Glenn Fittich malt, single malt whiskey, uh, wh- scotch whiskey, excuse me, 12-year. Um, as I mentioned up top, uh, I got a, a serious smell of apples in this bad boy. And that is the first time I had really uh, kind of got that aroma while opening a bottle. Um, and I was excited about it because it's something new, uh, something that I hadn't had before. And I got to say, the taste gives off the same vibe. It is something unique and different than I've ever had before. Let me take a quick sip. This is uh, this is unlike anything I have on my on my shelves currently. It is a little tart. I will say that it kind of has this bitterness to it. But I get a sear and sticking with the apple flavor a little bit. It hint, a hint, not like the smell, a hint of apple. There's a lot of caramel flavor. It's very sweet in 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 moments, but it does have a nice little kick to it. Um and it it really kind of does give you this nice little like quote unquote firing on on all cylinders vibe. Cylinders vibe. God, that's so hard to say. Um, but as I mentioned, it has this tart bitterness flavor, which is interesting, but uh, it is something I could absolutely see myself coming home, putting the briefcase down, popping open a glass, sitting on the couch, watching a baseball game, watching a movie, something like that, um, because it is so different. Uh, and and I like that. It's, you know, it, it's not what I expected because I have what do I have two scotches on my shelf currently outside of this one? Um, and those two scotches are very different from when I cur- from, from this, uh, they're much more of a basic, um, you know, everyday scotch, if you will. Uh, this kind of has that very caramel, uh, smoky, but bitterness, sweet flavor to it, uh, that my other two scotches don't. Um, and I enjoy it. You know, it, it goes down smooth. It does kick you right off the gate. But it goes down smooth. 
So it's something that that can, you know, a lot of people who may not like it or like whiskey, excuse me, might be able to get past that. Uh, and that's the thing, right? You know, uh, if you don't drink whiskey on the regular, uh, when you first sip it, it's going to give you this nice little bite. That's the point of whiskey. Uh, more so with like a rye uh, and then a scotch and then a bourbon. Um, but it, it's supposed to kind of kick you a little bit. And this kicks you, but then it settles down. Um, and I can understand why someone who, who doesn't like a bitter, uh, uh, a bitter, what's the other word? Tart, tart flavor um, taste to it might not like it. I get that. But because this is so unique um, and because I personally like the flavors, uh, I like the sweet and then the bitterness to it, the kind of combination that goes back and forth that you get in your mouth. Um, it fits really well with what I like personally. Uh, so Shaw, if you are watching this, if you ever watch this, um, I don't know if you will because you got a you know you got a one year old on your hand. Um, you did well, my sir. You did well. So anybody out there watching, uh, Glenn Glenfinch is is quite good. It's quite good. Twelve year age, and I think that comes into play a lot. I think letting it sit around for a while is a big factor into into why it tastes the way it tastes, why it has that tarty flavor to it, why it kind of has a little bit more caramel than apples when you taste it and not smell it, um, which I like. You know, it, it sits in a, in a couple different styles of barrels, and so it kind of melds all of these things together, and you can taste every single one of those things, uh, and that's that's good. That's a good whiskey when all the flavors come out. Um, that, that's a really, really good sign of a whiskey, so... Uh, Glenn finish. You got my thumbs up on that one. Um, it's, it's definitely good. I'm going to finish off this glass before we get, before we finish here. Uh, but I do want to get going because, um, I want to pitch you guys a star Wars series and I'm super excited about it because it's something I did a little while ago and I've had a couple people be like, Oh, this is, this is amazing. You need to tell someone this as I yawn after a long day. Um, I'm super excited about it. And I said that Dr. Afro is the one thing that I'd say I'd want the most. This is easily the second, the, the thing that I want second. Uh, this, this comes in right behind it. And if you know me, uh, if you know Jake Berlin, if you know my love for Star Wars, if you know what I like most about films, maybe even in my real life, um, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And uh, so if I were ever given the opportunity, if I was sitting in a, in a lobby and I had a folder in my hand and the secretary said, okay, they'll see you now. I sat down and I was pitching a Star Wars series, let's say to Jon Favreau and uh, Dave Filoni. Um, let's just, for the moment, let's say that they're running um, the Star Wars television side of everything. We know that Kathleen's running everything, but let's say that Dave and John are the ones that creators have to go in and pitch a series to. I would say, all right, Dave and John, what is the one thing that you think has the ability to top the force? What is the one thing from the prequels that constantly is talked about on a daily basis, on a weekly basis between Star Wars fans from this state, between Star Wars fans from this country? And that is none other than pod racing. Pod racing is something that has been touched on once and never been talked about again. Not once. Not once. 
I'm, I'm not pitching here. Obviously, I, I got out of character for that for a second. I, I left that that moment behind um, because I got a little, you know, I got a little uh, energized, if you will. Um, no, look, uh, st- pod, pod racing is to me when it comes to the movies. Um, pod racing is probably the the second best idea that was ever created. And that's crazy. That that is crazy to say. Behind the Force, the Jedi, the Sith, you know, the abilities, the lightsabers, all that stuff. Excuse me. Behind the Force, to me, the most exciting thing to come from Star Wars, the of I uh, the most exciting idea, excuse me. The most exciting idea to come from Star Wars is the creation of pod racing. And again, like I said, if you know me, you know exactly like why this is up my alley. One, there's a freaking Mad Max poster sitting behind me. That's all about cars and mayhem and chaos and, and crashes and practical effects and all that stuff. Two, you know that I, I, I built a car with my father growing up to be my first car. I built a, a 65 Mustang from the ground up um, as, as a project leading into my 16th birthday. Um, cars have been a big impact on my life for a long time. Gone in 60 seconds, one of my favorite movies. I love seeing, you know, the racing in, in fast and furious, not so much the craziness, but the racing. As I yawn again, my apologies. Um, but when you think about it, we've only ever seen pod racing on Tatooine in that scene. They mentioned pod racing on Malastare, another place where pod racing takes place. So I came up with an idea. I came up with a very, very interesting idea that could very well attract someone. I don't know. That we could see some point. I don't know. Maybe. But I want to break it down for you guys. So first of all, I'm just going to, you know what, I'll, I'll, I will go... I will go in order how I read through how I wrote this. And again, I wrote this probably a year ago for the other show, and she's been sitting here. I never really like enhanced it or added to it. Um, but it's titled Star Wars TV Show Pitch. First up's location. Location's big, right? We saw it on Tatooine. Star Wars Galaxy is vast. Where can we go? Multiple planets across the galaxy is what I first have written down. Next up, including familiar planets, places who places where we've only seen some things, but not everything. Places we've touched on, but not stayed too long on. Familiar planets such as Endor. And what I mean by Endor is I mean the forest moon of Endor, right? Hoth. We started out the Empire Strikes Back on Hoth. Never gone back. We've seen an ice planet. Wasn't Hoth. We've seen an ice planet in Mandalorian. Wasn't Hoth. Why not go back to Hoth? And finally, Kashyyyk. What about Kashyyyk? What what does Kashyyyk look like in movie format? We've only ever seen Kashyyyk at war. Right? We saw the Wookiees fighting uh, the Droid Federation in Revenge of the Sith. That's all we've ever seen in Kashyyyk. Never gone back. But also, featuring planets like Dantooine, which is mentioned in A New Hope, right? An old rebel base used to be there. And my personal favorite that I wrote down. And of course, this can include planets that we've never even heard of before. Duh. But 
My favorite of the list is Mon Calamari. What about Mon Calamari? Underwater racing through tubes? Come on. That's like speed racer stuff right there. I love it. I absolutely love it. That, uh, I, I can just imagine right now visually seeing pod racers, you know, start out on top of on land and then they have to race through the majority of water, right? Through a tunnel system. How cool would that be? How cool would that be? So there's locations. There's locations. Next up I have written down as a main character. I have a main character sitting down. Yes, G yes, I need a VR pod racing game. Yeah. I mean, could you imagine? I need to be in 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 trance in that world. Next up, I have a, a main character written down. Main character is a male. Okay. Mid-20s. Here's the kicker. Taken by a pirate as a young boy. He didn't know any better. Went along with everything. Very Star Lord-esque, if you will, right? Kind of where I got my inspiration from. You can obviously twist it up, make it a little bit different. But he's in his mid-20s. He's a kid. Taken by a pirate as a young boy. Growing up in that life, working with parts and machinery, right? He's he's in the engineering bay. He's fixing things. He's learning the ways of, of how ships work, all that stuff. He eventually became an, the ace pilot of the crew, meaning not, not, not so much that he led missions, but maybe he was the best. Uh, if they needed him for a specific tight situation, he was the go-to, right? Uh, he never fully committed to that life. He was never really like, you know, someone who, even though he was involved, he always second-guessed, like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing? You know, why am I? why are we doing this? Why am I doing this with them? So never fully committing to that life, he found a way to get out with a chance to do what he's always wanted, race. Boom. There's your main character. Backstory, uh, history, and a motivation. Big key there. He has a motivation of, of what he wants to do, why he gets out of that life. He wants to race. He doesn't just want to fly around and do jobs. He wants to race. He wants to go fast. He wants it to be in a structure. He wants to go to different planets and travel. He wants to race. Pod racing. Boom. There you go. Supporting characters. Supporting characters. Another male. Early to late 50s. A little bit older, right? An older race legend who has seen his time of racing disappear. Okay. Older guy, maybe retired, gets back, you know, dragged back into the fight. Although he may not believe in him because of his past, talking about the, uh, the main character, he sees his ability as a racer, right? He's just a strong racer. He has the ability to do so. He has that thing that makes him a racer. This character knows the circuits. Right, he knows the races, he knows uh, the planets, he knows the ins and outs of everything, uh, how it works. And although they constantly butt heads, they understand each other. And I got a little inspiration. I won't lie, I got a little inspiration from Days of Thunder, uh, NASCAR film. Tom Cruise, uh, Ro uh, not Robert De Niro, uh, Robert Duvall. Excuse me. Um, I almost said uh, De Niro. Uh, Robert Duvall. Uh, you know, very similar, hot shot, up and comer. Um, very different in a way, but in this sense, you know, even though these two, they butt heads, they don't, they, they, they kind of argue, they just understand each other. 
Uh, and that's a thing. That is absolutely a thing. They understand what you know is kind of going each other, going through each other's heads, and that's a big key why eventually their relationship works. Right? Um, you have this young hotshot thinks he knows everything, uh, and then you have this old wily veteran, right? And they have this common non common denominator of racing, uh, but they have to find the way of actually liking each other down the road. Uh, next up, supporting character. I have, I have three supporting characters. Here's the second one. Uh, female, late 20s. An ex-racer uh, who no longer enters the pod due to an injury. So she got hurt, maybe an accident, something happened on the side, um, something like that. Uh, she's the gearhead. She's the one who knows, who has you know, spent hours on hours uh, fine-tuning her racer fixing it, adjusting it, seeing what works, what doesn't work. Um, so she's, she's on quote unquote, the gearhead, the, the gearhead of the team. Um, she understands the machine more than anybody. She was the learner racer product protege of, uh, the first supporting character. So she was the one who was learning from the old Wiley veteran. Um, and I, I didn't give any of these guys names cause Star Wars names are hard, but, uh, so, so she's the one who, May have that, um, you know, may have the uh, the jealousy, the fact that she can't race anymore, right? And she butts head with the main character, uh, even though she's the one who's kind of running the machine. Maybe he pushes it a little bit too far past her judgment. They butt heads. Um, that's kind of where, where I see that relationship going. Third supporting character, a male, late 20s to early 30s, a little bit older than the main character. Uh, this character is helmed as the future of pod racing. So this this is the hotshot of all hotshots. The hotshot of all hotshots. He's he's the guy, right? Um, you know, he's the one who who is deemed as uh, the next big thing, if you will. Uh, grew up in the circuit, so he was always around the 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 racing uh, legend in the making, a fan favorite. Uh, but little does everyone know that he's a cheater. Boom. Right, a little bit of a dark side to him, uh, as as every uh, antagonist, if you will, does. Every rival, if you will, uh, rival is a much better word for this. Uh, while he's a skilled pilot and racer, uh, his biggest victory and fame came off of a win against a character uh, against character two. Excuse me, character two. So our second uh, came off a win against character two, following fixing her pod. Um, so he messed with her pod, essentially. Very Sebulba to Anakin-esque, but it actually worked. Injured her. A little resentment there. Maybe she does. She knows. Uh, everyone doesn't believe. You know, he's he's this pretty boy. Um, again, he's the one who everyone ever kind of looks up to. An, an instant rival for not just the main character, but the entire team overall. Um, the one that everybody wants to beat. They all have they all have a motivation against him, right? Main character just wants to beat him. Right, they they have a rivalry as far as racing goes. Uh, you know the female supporting character, uh, he busted up her pod, and uh, the first main character, the older gentleman, uh, has a vendetta against him because uh, he busted up the pod. He cheated. That's that's not the way you play the game, right? That's not that's not the way you race, but that's not the way to play a game. What's up, Buck? Thanks for joining, man. Thanks for joining, Buck. Appreciate it. I'm currently uh, pitching my Star Wars show. You have to go back and watch a little bit of it. Um, I got some interesting things going on, but. Uh, I'm going to get to the story aspect. So those are all the characters. Went through four characters. Um, and a little backstory on four of them. Here's the story side of it. Very quick little kind of synopsis, if you will. Synopsis. 
A story of a young man trying to claim the life he always dreamed of. It's the first line. Beautiful line, by the way. I wrote that myself. Rival Racer is backed by a mysterious figure who he later finds out is the pirate who took him as a young boy. So the pirate, all this money he's been funneling in over the years, right? They've been stealing. They've been doing jobs. They've been doing all these things around the universe. He's been funneling money in and backing a, a racer who is now the rival to the main character. Interesting dynamic there. A story of identity and redemption that will journey to the never-before-seen reaches of the Star Wars galaxy. That should be that, that's the that's the tagline of the poster right there. A story of identity and redemption that will journey to the never never before seen reaches of the Star Wars galaxy. I mean, if I was told that, I'd be in in a heartbeat. I don't know about you guys, but I'd be in in a heartbeat. That's pretty cool. And I'm not just boasting myself up a little bit. I mean, maybe maybe a little bit, maybe a little bit. But you got to think of it, right? A pod racing show that travels from planet to planet where each planet has a circuit, right? Each planet has a track that they race, not just Tatooine, not, not just Tatooine, not just Malastare, but like I mentioned, Mon Calamari, Kashyyyk, Hoth, all of these places around the galaxy, places we've never even seen, of before, seen before, places we've never heard of before. It's a very cool idea. It's something that, in my opinion is a huge mistake to not touch on, personally. I just don't see how you do Star Wars without doing pod racing. We've seen it once, and it was the coolest sequence we've ever seen. And the coolest part about this, and this is the biggest thing I want to touch on here. Um, after I, hold on, let me sip some more uh, Glenfiddich, if you will. The coolest part about this is this plays into the Star Wars mythology very, very well. What do we know about Anakin in episode one, one pod racing? He is the only human able to do it because he has the ability with the force, right? Because he is so strong in the force, he is the only human able to do it. One of the few things I've been calling for years for in Star Wars. And I understand it takes money, I understand it takes time because of prosthetics and stuff like that. Front and center alien characters. I don't want a supporting character as an alien. I don't want, you know, a character who pops up uh, in episode four of the Mandalorian. I want them front and center. And what I'm saying is that this show essentially is all alien it is all alien maybe you get a human who is a backer who can't race but likes to watch and funnels in money right you can easily have that you can definitely have that that's that's no problem but who's to say you can't come up with a species that takes less makeup and less prosthetics to put inside of a a, a pod racer it's not that difficult Look what the Mandalorian's been doing. Motion capture. A little bit of CG here and there. And I get it. I'm saying, look, it would cost quite a bit of money. It would. But the show would murder. It would absolutely murder. I'm telling you right now, it would crush. I pitched my Star Wars story. There it is, guys. 
I hope you liked it. A pod racing series that is legit a racing series. It has nothing to do with war. It has nothing to do with the First Order, the Resistance, none of that. Sure, they can pop in. You'll see stormtroopers popping around or or the Republic or whenever it's set. You'll, you'll see maybe some rebellion people or something. You know, so be it. But this is a story that is set so far outside the reaches of war. You know, it's it's almost, quote-unquote, the underground of the galaxy, right? Betting, uh, cheating, scumbag uh, gangs who are running pods, you know? Um, we've seen it in racing films before, right? Let, let's think of the Fast and Furious stuff, right? I'm not saying, like, scum and, and you know, uh, villainy and stuff, but nice, nice little pun there. Um, but think back to the original The Fast and the Furious, they race at night. They race in alleys. They block off streets. They run away from cops. It's very. It's the underground of the world, right? There's a reason why Need for Speed, some of the games were called Need for Speed Underground or Need for Speed Most Wanted. Let's see it. Let's see it. That's what I want most. Well, that's what I want second most because I mentioned Dr. Afra. So that's what I want second most, but that's just my opinion. Um... Yeah, guys, uh, look, if, if you're just getting here um, for, for watching live, uh, go back, rewind, uh, start from the beginning of my Star Wars pitch. But I just pitched a Star Wars pod racing series, um, and I have four characters, and I've given them all backstories, and I even have a story. And if an executive watches this one day, and five years down the road you see this series on Disney+, Plus, I want my money. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I hope I inspired. I hope I inspired. Um, because I think it's a series that would really crush. Uh, I think it's a series that would do really well. I think it's a series that would excite people because again, going back to what I mentioned with Dr. Afra, it's different. It's not what we're seeing currently in star Wars. Right. And, and they're, they're going that direction. Like broke squadron is going to be different. The acolytes going to be different. Who's to say pod racing can't be the same. It is one of the most exciting things Star Wars has ever done, and we've only ever seen it once. It's damn time we go back to it. It is damn time we go back to it. Yeah, exactly. See? Look, this is a way you can kind of connect it to the larger universe. The First Order presence uh, as they try and fix races. Why not? Why not? There, Look, we see that in racing and car movies all the time, Right? Uh, we see that in, in movies that have to do with horse races or 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 some other kind of race. Who knows? It could be any kind of race. It happens. It happens in sports. Fixing. It happens. It would be such a great aspect of the show. That's just my opinion, though. And, Gio, you're absolutely right. Hey, George Miller, Justin Lin, or James Mangold Pod Racing Limited Series. I would lose my mind. I'm not going to say limited because I'd want this crap to go on forever. But... Yes, those are three great directors who could do it. George Miller might be a little bit older for it. Justin Lin would obviously be great. He does a lot of the Fast and Furious stuff. Um, James Mangold did uh, Ford v. Ferrari. Duh. Um, but who's to say? I mean, look, it's Star Wars. You can get anybody to do it. You can't. Right? I mean, it's as long as you have a story, you can create pod racing elements to a T. You can hire some NASCAR driver who's like, yeah, this works out great, or... Or, or some kind of racer who just knows what he's talking about. 
that's how it worked for me. It's it's the second thing that I want the most. It's the one that I want to pitch. Um, I'm telling you right now, guys, if if they announce the pod racing series tomorrow, you may not ever see me again. I might have died. I might just die on the floor. I would get so excited. So uh, there it is, everybody. My Star Wars television show pitch. Um, I pitched a Star Wars series, but I also talked about Dr. Aphra. I also talked about uh, Darth Revan and the Knights of the Old Republic. A uh, few things that I want to see the most, but uh, as I mentioned, the, the, the latter two there, Revan and Aphra, they will definitely be touched on at some point later on in the in the show. Uh, yeah, Gio, I mean, why not? Why not? I mean, it's always possible. Death race and pod racing. Possible. I mean, look, I like the first death race. Why not? I dug it. There's plenty of things that you can you can relate it to, that you can inspire yourself from, right? Uh, the, the one that comes to mind the most is something similar to um, you know, like Days of Thunder, an actual, I don't want like a racing heist stuff. I want like a legit racing stuff. Like each episode is a race. That's what I want. Like Speed Racer. That's I want Speed Racer is what I'm talking about. I want Speed Racer in space. It's right. Like every episode is one race, right? And, and, um, and maybe one season takes a, takes inspiration from cars. Second season, he goes off and he has to learn something new because there's some hotshot that comes out and beats him. I don't know. There's a lot of inspiration out there. And it's something that could really, really work, in my opinion. It really can. Um, all right, everybody. I'm going to get out of here because i got a show in about five minutes. Um, but I want to I want to thank everybody. Seriously. Uh, this I've mentioned it multiple times on the show. Uh, this show is really just a time for me to come back, relax, drink some whiskey, try some whiskey, and talk to you guys. And, and kind of what's going on in my head about Star Wars. Um, I look forward to doing more in the future. I look forward to doing the Friends. Uh, if you're watching this, you want to come on the show, hit me up. I'd love to have you on. Um, I got ideas for people and, you know, I want to have them on too. But if if you're part of this world and you want to come on, let me know. I'd love to have you on. Talk some Star Wars. Drink some whiskey. Let's do it. But for now, uh, thank you guys so much for watching, for listening. Again, the show is available on all podcast platforms, Apple, Anchor, Spotify, uh, and everywhere else as well. Uh, lives on YouTube. Uh, multiple Multiple formats there. Uh, the show is available every two weeks. Um, it fits a little bit better with my schedule there, but every two weeks. And um, yeah, so again, I am Jake Berlin. I am the Whiskey Jedi. Thank you guys so much for joining me this past hour. It's been a treat. I hope you guys enjoyed the conversation. Um, and if you were interested, Glenn Fittich Whiskey. Glenn Fittich. Really, really cool bottle. Great whiskey. Um, nice, unique taste to it. And I would definitely recommend it 12 year age guys. That's a big key there. 12 year aged. Um, that's, a, that's a big, big deal. So, uh, I will make sure to tweet this out again. Uh, if you guys can share, if you guys can like it, give me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. If you didn't like the episode, give me a thumbs down. But, uh, any, any, uh, support I appreciate comment along. Let me know your guys' thoughts. I'd love to hear you guys' thoughts on this one. Kind of Star Wars series you guys would want. Star Wars shows, Star Wars movies, uh, just stuff that's never been touched on that you'd want to see. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, and then you guys can just find me everywhere. I'm, I'm all over the place, guys. Uh, not not just here. You guys can find me on Twitter at Qui-Gon Jake. Um, two ends because someone else took it before I did. And, you know, who knows? Maybe 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 it was Liam Neeson. Maybe Liam Neeson took it before I did. I don't know. Uh, you can also find me on Apocalypse Movies on Tuesdays. Our live show, Apocalypse Now, goes live at 7 p.m. Pacific. Uh, it's it, honestly guys, it's a fun breakdown of film. It, it really is. 
we we're just big film buffs and we break down, we review, uh, we do fantasy drafts, we do watch alongs. It's a lot of fun. If you want to check out one episode, check out one episode. I greatly appreciate it. Um, and then I with the show I'm jumping on here in about two minutes is a certain point of view. It's a schmodown after show, movie trivia schmodown. If you don't know what the schmodown is, I highly recommend Googling or going to the YouTube search bar, movie trivia schmodown. Look it up. Also, look us up, a certain point of view. We do reactions. We do a show. We talk to you guys. We support. Um, it's a great time. So check that out. But for now, I am the Whiskey Jedi. Thank you guys so much for joining me. As always, I really, really appreciate it. To all of you commenting along this whole time, love you guys. Thank you guys for the support. And uh, until next time, may the force be with you.